The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay with outstanding federal benefits and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. We have some bad hombres here and we're going to get them out. Bing bing bong bong bing bing bing. I love China. Jamie, I'm Tina. Nice to meet you. Thanks for tuning in. So what's on the tube? Skeletons in the closet. What's that? Hi, Widow. Every episode she goes down there and they watch horror movies with us. It's my favorite show. Oh, disgusting. And this is something your parents let you watch every Friday night. All right, welcome everybody to another horror hookup brought to you by Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. If you've never been to a hookup with us, you should. But anyway, <laughs> uh, these are interviews. They are with authors, directors, uh, other podcasts, uh, pretty much anyone in the horror genre. And we just want to get to know them better. So we interview them. And today we have the uh, director of several movies, uh, Tony Wash. Tony, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? How you guys doing? Um yeah, as they said, my name is Tony Wash. I am the president uh, of Scotchworthy Productions, which is a Chicago suburb-based production company that specializes in horror. Um, I'm a graduate of the Tom Savini Special Effects School, so um, I take great pride in um, creating practical effects work in all of our, our movies um, and, and really showcasing that as well as high production value uh, to the best of our capabilities and budget. Um, my first film was a choose your own adventure movie called it's my party and I'll die if I want to. What a uh, title. <laughs> thank you. The sequel is called you would die too, if it happened to you. Oh my choose God. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Creative, right? No, more like <laughs> I stole it right from the song, but uh, um so I made that right after I graduated from Savini school when I was out in Pittsburgh still. Oh, cool. And, uh, and that's a very night of the demons meets evil dead meets creep show. And that kind of put us on the, on the radar, uh, for the independent horror scene. Um, yeah, I can definitely year. remember seeing that cover. Cause I, I mean, I've been going to horror cons for, I don't know, a decade or so off and on. And I, I distinctly remember seeing that cover over and over again since I've been going. And clearly you didn't buy it, you jerk. <laughs> he was low budget then. He couldn't help it. I was in college. Yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, 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 no. I totally, totally understand. But uh, so, yeah, so that, that kind of kickstarted it all. Um, I went on to make a movie called A Chance in Hell, which was a World War II Nazi zombie movie uh, wow. in 2010. Um, it was, you know, kind of at the very beginning of this whole Nazi zombie subgenre craze that happened in the early part of the 2010s. Um, yeah, now it's coming back too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And overlord is essentially right, right. a budget version of what we did. Um, 
And, uh, and then in 2012, I was hired to direct uh, High on the Hog, which is a grindhouse film starring Sid Haig, Robert Zadar, and Joe Estevez. Oh, just those um, people. No big deal. Yeah. NBD. Um, and, uh, and then um, in 2015, uh, produced and directed The Rake, which is a based loosely on the creepypasta that's got Rachel Melvin, from Dumb and Number Two and Zombievers and uh, Shanae Grimes Beach, who was in 90210 and Degrassi. Um, and uh, she made a nice cameo at the beginning of Scream 4. Oh, nice. Uh, and, uh, and Isabella Miko. And then uh, that got released by Sony last year in June. Um, so you can find that everywhere. And, uh, and then in September of last year, we released Skeletons in the Closet, which my co-director Ben Lewandowski and I have been working on for the better part of a decade now. Wow. Um, we were really excited to finally get that finished up and, and released for people to see. So, well, I mean, so, so Tony, yeah. um, you, you, obviously, your, 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 your films, your, your entire filmography is really based entirely in horror. Um, and we'd like to know what about horror movies specifically um, – why do you want to make? Why do you want to make them? What about horror? What about horror gets you going? I've just always been a fan of the genre. I, I as a kid, and and people have heard me tell this, you know, these stories a million sure. times now. But you know, hopefully, your audience is fresh to to the likes of of Scotchworthy. Um, and uh, when I was a child. I just always gravitated towards the horror genre. And I think a lot of it had to do with stuff like the artwork from the scary stories to tell in the dark book. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, those were, I don't remember if they were in my elementary school library, but I know for a fact that they were at all the, you know, you would go to those book days or whatever. Oh yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. The scholastic. You, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so mom would give me five bucks and say, you know, buy a book and, and so I always just gravitated to the horror books. And um, if we were ever, you know, I was in scouts. And so if we were ever sitting around the campfire, I would try and get my dad to tell scary stories to oh, us. And, awesome. Um, and then, you know, as a kid, I was always watching the, the black and white horror movies, which then progressed to, you know, the 80s slashers and um, and that type of stuff, uh, you know, Friday, uh, Fright Night and House and. Um, I remember Friday the 13th part four was, you know, I, I had gotten a, a VHS tape of that. Like I had copied it, you know, mm -hmm. from, from TV. And when my <laughs> mom found it, she put it on top of the refrigerator. Oh, wow. And, and every time she would leave the house, I would pretty much climb on a chair, grab it and pop it in the VCR. And um, so that's, that's really the grounding oh. <laughs> or the, the, the groundwork of, of my love for the genre. And so, as a fan of the genre um, and being as big of a fan as I am of, of horror, it just kind of came naturally to me that, that when I decided that filmmaking is something I wanted to pursue seriously, that that genre is what I would, I would want to ingrain my, my, um, my focus on. And, and ultimately obviously something like high on the hog is not a horror film, but I actually really welcome the opportunity because not only was I getting a chance to work with Sid Haig and, and Robert Zadar and Joe Estevez, but, sure. um, but it was just, I wanted to be able to showcase the fact that I don't need to be pigeonholed um, in the horror genre, that I can be diverse. And, and I've said it a million times, someone comes to me with a Hallmark movie, I'll make it in a heartbeat and then I'll <laughs> and walk it with my mom. Yeah. That's what she likes. So. 
Uh, so, uh, I personally was first introduced to you, uh, by skeletons in the closet. We were walking, I live in Lincoln square in Chicago and we were walking around, uh, no intention to go see a movie that day, but we had walked by the Davis theater and there was your poster and, uh, I completely drawn in by the artwork. Um, I'm not sure if you did the artwork or if you had someone do the artwork, but we were totally entranced, not only by like the 80s feel of it, but we're also like, what is this random movie at the Davis that usually plays like kids movies, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, in a small respect, it is a kids movie if you think about it, but uh, just with a little more profanity and violence than typically. (laughs) Um, Although nowadays kids watch everything on the internet, so what difference does it make? Yeah, right? fair, fair enough. Um, no, so I, I am one of the co-creators and the curator of World of Death, which is BloodyDisgusting.com's um, web series, and we feature short horror films from around the world. We have over four hundred short films and represent more than forty countries. Oh yeah. wow. Um, one of the filmmakers that is a part of world of death is this Kansas city guy by the name of Ryan Glossmeyer and Ryan had a pretty cool short film that was in world of death. But ultimately what really drew me to him was that he was posting, you know, we, when we started creating world of death back in 2014, we befriended everybody on social media and that's how we kind of communicated with everyone um, initially. And so, I would see all these posts that he would be putting on Facebook about this artwork he would be doing. And he had um, one in particular where after Lemmy passed away from Motorhead, he was commissioned to do a like six foot tall um, uh, picture of Lemmy of Lemmy's face in on the wall in this uh, bar in Kansas city. And the the he did such an amazing job on it that I, I must have just commented on it or something. Sure. And, and one way or another, we just started talking about doing horror posters and that he was really interested in kind of getting into that avenue of, of art and design. And, uh, and I just said, well, you know, if you want, if you're interested, um, this is what I'm looking for. And uh, he just kind of went with it and ran and and just watching the progress when he would send me progress images of, of what he was doing. I was just getting so excited about it and, and knew that that's exactly what we needed to, 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 you know, really promote this movie. Right. Um, you know, it's what drew me in. So it worked. (laughs) That's great to hear. I'm going to, when, when you guys post this, I'm definitely going to tag him and and let him know to listen to it. Cause you know, um, he's looking to do more work like that and, uh, would certainly welcome the opportunity to get more gigs. So, so speaking of the poster for this movie, skeletons at the closet, um, Tony, could you tell uh, our listeners what the movie is all about? Spoiler free, please. (laughs) Cause we want people Uh, to watch it. (laughs) Let's see. So it's, it's an anthology movie. Um, and, and, the inception of it is was uh, back in 2012. Um, I was introduced to my co-director Ben Lewandowski um, via an actor that we both had worked with, and Ben was looking to put together an anthology film. After hearing about VHS, which I believe had not released yet, but I think maybe had been at Sundance at the time or oh, something okay. like that. Um, <clears throat> 
Ben wanted to talk to a couple of different Chicago-based um, filmmakers about doing an anthology with a bunch of different segments. And that way, each of us would produce our own short and be a part of a feature. You sure. know, so yeah. we're, we're, you know it's, it's just smart business. And um, so we teamed up with – there were four of us all together. We each made a short film in 2012 and a little bit of 2013. And after we were editing our movies and every filmmaker had their film done and we kind of said, okay, well now we got to tie all these together and everything. And it just kind of, it wasn't really working, you know, like they, they were, each of them were so thematically different because Ben didn't really have a, um, uh, you know, like a, a premise in mind of how they were all going to tie together. So, you know, it, it was very difficult to just kind of create a cohesive movie from start to finish you know, and so we ultimately disbanded the project, and that project was called Chop Shop. Oh, and, okay. And so Chop Shop ended up. So, so Ben and I each had these twenty-five minute short films. His is the 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 Reservoir Dogs ghost story in the junkyard yep. movie, and mine is the grandma with the little girl. Yep. Um. The uh, and so <laughs> we a had very the, interesting story that one. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Um. But we, you know, we each had these short films and we're like, okay, do we release them on their own? Do we put them together and release them on a DVD as like 50 minutes worth of footage or whatever? And I've had this idea for skeletons in my, in the closet in my head for since college, I would say. And the, the basic premise was what if you took, you know, you've got people who love Elvira and the horror hostesses, and then you have people who love the Crypt Keeper. Um, and so I thought, why not combine the two dynamics to create an entirely new dynamic. And, and the way that we would do that would be by making the two of them husband and wife. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then just kind of developed the idea from there. And uh, so, you know, I, I basically sat down with Ben one night and, uh, and I said, you know, I, I think I've got this idea for how we can kind of finish this as a feature, which is obviously more marketable than a short film. Sure. And I pitched him that chop shop, would be um, the the film that they are watching on this show called Skeletons in the Closet, and the show is a horror show with a host and hostess. The yeah. hostess's name is the Widow, um, played wonderfully by Ellie Church, and her husband, played by Adam Michaels, is Charlie, whom she has murdered many years prior to this point in the movie, and uh, she she keeps his body in the basement very much like Norman Bates with his mother. Yep. Um, and she, I, you know, to a degree feels bad that she murdered him. Um, and, and so she goes down to the basement and every episode she rents movies from the local video store because it all takes place in the 1980s. And um, she goes down to the basement and watches movies with him. They seem and, like they still have fun, even though he's dead, you know? <laughs> you no, know, yeah, totally. I mean, they, they have a very Peg and Al Bundy banter. Yeah, um, totally. About, obviously, he's he's upset that she murdered him, so he he tends to snap at her with a lot of uh, quip remarks and whatnot. But uh, but you know, she tolerates it and kind of hands it back to him because he, after all, is a corpse. So he may be able to talk and move <laughs> his head, but he's not able to move his body from the the neck down. Yeah, um, that was actually uh, one of the things that in the trailer when I watched it. Because we had seen your poster at the Davis, and then we came home, and we're like, well, let's see what this trailer is, and we'll decide if we want to go see it. And we watched the trailer, and that part of it with the widow and her husband, um, Charlie, right? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that part of it, I was like, well, this makes me want to go see it because you know I'm a big fan of those old horror hosts. You know, the Elvira, the Joe Bob Briggs, like that kind of thing. So I was like, well, I want to see like what this anthology can bring to someone. There's so there's a story within a story within watching a movie type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and and yeah, all along you've got this third tier where um and and this short is called uh, killers in the house and that tier is about um the skeletons in the closet number one fan this year old precocious girl named jamie who is basically the embodiment of all of us when we were kids sitting on the floor (laughs) you know in front of the big old wooden television set and um jamie's parents are going out out for the night so she has a new babysitter tina and Tina's not exactly a fan of the show. And so um, the girls kind of have the back and forth banter and, and we cut in and out from them watching the show skeletons in the closet while the widow and Charlie are watching the movie shop shop on their show. Right. So it is a little confusing because you've got six different stories all together that are intertwined and the it way works, that though. it works. Yeah. Yes, I, I think it works if you're paying attention. A lot of yeah. people, I think nowadays, a lot of audiences are not willing to take the time to actually pay attention to a movie from start to finish. Um, true, very true. And so, I mean, and I'm guilty of that too. You know, if I'm if I'm to a degree disinterested, I pull my phone out. You know, I surf Facebook, I, 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 whatever. So, um, I get it. And you know but- that that that's one of the brilliant things about seeing a movie in a theater is that it really does require that little extra bit of attention from you as an audience member. Because not only... Well, yeah, hopefully. Because not only is it about you paying attention to actually watch the movie because you bought a ticket, right? But also because, like, it's just rude around other patrons to take out your cell phone, you know, in the middle of a theater. Um, so, you know, it, I, I, it's, it's what we've often, um, you know, encouraged our listeners to do is, you know, hey, don't forget... Go see movies in the theater. That's how these things make money. It's how studios give more money to to more films like this that you want to see. So you know, go see it in the theater. Yeah, and it's you know, it's just unfortunate that that movies like something like Skeletons in the Closet sure. is not going to get promoted. It's not going to have the money yeah. for for P and A to right. get the word out there so that more people will go see it in the theater. Yeah. Um, you know, we really just had kind of the word of mouth and and the the, the minor amount of social marketing or social media marketing to, to get the word out when it was at the Davis. Um, but, uh, you know, the thing too is like skeletons is a piecemeal project. You know, we, sure. we started shooting it in 2012 and we completed shooting it in 2017. We wow. did, we did all the chop shop stuff in 2012 and 2013. And then in, um, and then that's where we did grandma Malley's mm-hmm. pantry, which was my short. And then we did Ben's short uh, called the dismantler in, um, in 2012. And then in 2013, we shot the wraparound stuff, which is the first person perspective of the guy going through purgatory. Yeah. Um, and then in 2015, we no 2014, sorry, is when we shot um, the short segment Meisner, which was with the girl tied to the chair in the basement. Um, and that was done with uh, the actress Rian Owen is the director of that segment. Um, and and then and so and that was originally meant for World of Death. And 
So we had all these different projects from these different years and from these different experience levels and these different, you know, degrees of equipment that our, that our camera and lighting team sure. had. And, you know, this, and, and my special effects supervisor, Jason Kane, you know, his experience level um, and everything just progressed so that when we get to now 2017, where we're shooting the widow and Charlie stuff and the little girl and the babysitter stuff, it just looks and feels in my opinion, so much better and so much more big budget. And so it's like, there, there's that part of me that, 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 you know, I'm, I'm so proud of the movie and I'm so glad that it came out and that it's done and that people can watch it and overall people enjoy it. Um, but it would have been nice if we would have, you know, been able to do it right from the start and just made it all look as good as I think those two wraparound segments look. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a a truly a labor of love. Like this is something that you fostered for a decade to, to get made essentially. Well, it's that, and and I'm not a quitter, you know, a a big thing with, with um, I think life in general, but, but also the film industry is a lot of people just give up too easily because of how hard it is. And, um, and you just really have to have, uh, a, a large degree of diligence and um, and and the wherewithal to stick with it and and I'm not trying to sit and pat myself on the back. Obviously, I've got a lot of amazing people that surround. Um, of course, me yeah. and, um, you know, on this project, my co-director Ben. But but ultimately, <clears throat> you know, if 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 we would have just said, oh well, you know, these two short films, they're never going to see the light of day, or oh, I'm going to put them on a DVD and sell them at conventions for five bucks a pop, right. you know. I just didn't feel like it was doing all the people who put time and effort into the movie justice, you know? Totally. I mean, so. that's, that's a, that's a lot of lives to put, you know, to work, to not have anything really come about it. And I think that what you guys did with it really did. I mean, even if you only get a handful of people to watch it, that's still a handful of people that you got to watch it. You know what I mean? And I know that when I saw it at the Davis, there was, you know, there was at least half the theater full. So it got people really? in there. And I, we, I don't, I did not hear any negative things coming out of that theater. I only saw people being like, that is really cool. And that is really cool that it's a local Chicago guy. Well, it's nice to hear. And, and, you know, I appreciate knowing that, that that's kind of what's going on in the, in the, the ethos. Cause you know, I don't, I obviously don't know what everybody thinks. And, you know, it's like, I think some people, some people, um, you know, review it and say, oh, well, you know, it's kind of difficult and confusing and hard to understand and stuff. And, and, and it's like, yeah, I get that. But there's a reason why it is the way that it is. And again, yeah. if we, like, you know, we've talked, we obviously are trying to develop it into a TV series and, and, you know, there's the, the whatever we do to pro- progress it to the next level, whether it's a TV show or a sequel if we end up doing more with this, because a lot of people want to see more of the widow and Charlie, mm-hmm. um, it would involve a single story that they're watching on the show, as opposed to an anthology film. The only totally. reason yeah. that was to use those two shorts and, and to fill in the, you know, the, the runtime said it would be feature length. Yeah. So um, speaking of some of your other works, um, I, I know that I've personally seen um, The Rake. I watched that on Amazon Prime. Everyone can go watch it right now. Um, but th- that is totally, totally different than Skeletons in the Closet. It's a much more um, serious, much more dealing with grief, much more dealing with loss. Uh, and then also like this, this like 
climbing dread throughout the movie that you slowly learn what's happening. And I don't want to give anything away because it's literally free. People can go watch it on Amazon right now. Um, but the thing that I really took away from that was the uh, creature work that was in it and the practical effects that you've put in both of these movies. And now hearing that you went to the Tom Savini school, that kind of gives me a little bit more uh, into that. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your creature work and kind of that part of your life? Uh, again, it all stems back from my, from my, um, what inspired me to, to be a filmmaker in the first place and, and what I was such a big fan of, you know, when we grew up watching, you know, I'll just, I'll never forget, you know, the Friday the 13th where Jason's just killing people in the most interesting ways. And, you know, the, the thing and the fog and, um, you know, big trouble in little China and mm, yeah. the, the explorers. I mean, there, there's just, you know, total recall, even, you know, Rob Bottin totally. and, yeah. and all these guys just, they created such amazing magic on screen and, and on set where the actors could actually interact with what they're supposed to be interacting with, as opposed to a guy in a green suit or a tennis ball hanging on a string. Yeah, sure. <laughs> And so it's like, I'm very, um, I'm very enthralled with the, with, with the idea of, of giving the actors everything that, that you can so that they can give us the most realistic emotions possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so a lot of that is, is just, you know, the practical special effects. And in my opinion, as I said earlier, before we started recording, a horror movie has to be scary and it has to have scares in it. And, 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 and it has to, I, I guess that with that being said, you have to have the special effects because if you're watching a horror film, that's not scary. It's like, mm. what point, you know, yeah, then I love sure. to see a drama. Um, and, and so I, I've just always been a big fan of practical effects work. I have a, a large degree of respect for special effects. And, uh, and so it's always been a, a point of mine to showcase that as much as possible. And, and the fact that I went to the school, not that I am an effects artist, I've worked on some movies as an effects artist, but it's certainly not my forte. Um, but the fact that I have an understanding of how special effects work I'm able to then direct it and produce it better. Um, I think. And, and I know that my effects supervisor, Jason Kane and all the artists that work with him appreciate that. I understand it because a lot of producers and directors oftentimes don't give them enough time to prep it. Um, and don't understand how to shoot it appropriately, you know, the right angles and the right and, and the right number of shots so that you can cut around things to make it work in the final edit. Um, and forgive me, I'm I'm dealing with a bit of a cold here. So. Oh, you're fine. It's okay. <clears throat> I, I I think that most of the Midwest yeah. is, is in that sort of awful it's, allergy. It's spring in Chicago. Right so. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the changing of the seasons, and I always get sick. So, but hey, um, you know, you know, speaking of the rake. Um, you know, like Andrew was saying, it really is a very different film from Skeletons of the Closet. And so, you know, I'm wondering, you know, Skeletons is very campy, very fun. Um, the rake, you know, like Andrew was saying, really deals with grief and loss and dread. Um, you know, is which do you prefer uh, in terms of, of uh, you know, films that you like to, to, to create? Do you, do you prefer the more fun side or do you really get into that more dramatic side? 
Um, in terms of as a storyteller, it, I could go either way. My sure. my reasoning for for having such a diverse catalog of work is to show the fact that I do not need to be painted into a corner. That I can sure. do anything that's thrown my way, or that I come up with, and whether it's by myself or with a team of people. And um, in terms of as a fan, I tended to steer more towards um horror horror sure. uh, mm-hmm. i can appreciate horror comedy you know i love evil dead too it's it's such a fun movie right right i i think you know tucker and dale is funny and 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 you know movies like that i can definitely get behind them but to me as as a horror fan i want i want to feel unsettled i want to be uncomfortable and i want to be scared by a horror movie and 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 the way you do that is by building atmosphere and creating tension and 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 then from there you create your scares and um so two of my favorite horror films are alien and the shining and perfect (laughs) and so that's what i was really trying to channel with the rake and um you know we wanted to create something that again i had done a few years prior had done high on the hog and and then we had done a short film called the muck, which went to South by Southwest and a couple of the other large film festivals. And it's also very- might make an appearance in skeletons in the closet. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, then, and then, yeah, we used it in, in that because, because I'm very much like Quentin Tarantino and Kevin Smith, where I'm, I'm trying to create a scotch or the universe. Sure. Um, and, and so uh, the muck, you know, we, we had developed the feature length script and we're trying to get that produced. And it was a pretty big budget that we were shooting for. And it was just a lot more of a campier, you know, kind of, it was basically the blob, mm-hmm. you know, but it was a drive-in movie. It's not meant to have, you know, characters that you get attached to and stuff like that. It was meant to just be like, here's a bunch of fodder for the, for the monster. Sure. You know, let's, let's create a bunch of awesome death sequences and, and, and let the audience have a good time with it. And, and nobody was biting that we were talking to. And so, I kind of said, well, you know, I got disappointed and I was really frustrated. And Jason Kane, you know, and I were bullshitting one night and he said, well, why don't you do something on the rake? And so he had me read the creepypasta. And I just thought, you know, we could do something more serious because that'll kind of steer us away from from the other stuff I've done. Because it's my party and I'll die if I want to is very campy as well. Uh-huh. Like I said, it's very Night of the Demons. And the fact that it's a choose your own adventure movie kind of gives it that more playful nature to it. So I wanted to do something more serious. I wanted to do something mature. I wanted to do something that that I felt if if it was put together correctly, if all the pieces fell into place appropriately, that it could go to something like South by Southwest and compete mm-hmm. with the likes of, you know, the films that are going there. Um, and, you know, it's it the the rake is uh, is something that in a lot of ways I'm very proud of. And sure. And, in, in a lot of ways, I wish could have been done differently. You know, um, I wish we would have more control over. But, you know, it like you said, it's got some amazing special effects in it. I think that my my cinematographer and co-producer, Robert Patrick Stern's cinematography is amazing. Um, yeah, I know. It's a it's a beautiful looking movie. And I, I think you're selling yourself a little bit short because I I truly enjoyed it. I mean, it's 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 literally an hour, what an hour and 18 minutes, I think. Yeah. It's, so it's, very it, short. it's a quick watch, but I, I had a good time. I turned it on, um, on a Saturday night with a glass of wine and I, I truly enjoyed it. Well, and, and I appreciate that. And, and I understand that, you know, it's, it's funny. Cause like 
my girlfriend who's actually sitting across the room listening to this, she listens <laughs> to a lot of my podcasts and, you know, she always says like, you know, you got you, you can't like talk negatively about it because, you know, a lot of people, you know, don't, don't see any of that. And, and I understand that, that an audience member who doesn't know anything about the movie, the background. Is, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're going to look at it and say, well, this is what it is and that's what it is. But, you know, I always like to talk about it and say that there's 15 minutes of that movie that that's on the cutting room floor sure. um, that that gave you more character development and, and helped develop the, the mythos of the creature. And oh, those are all things that I feel the movie, you know, suffers in in those departments. And, you well, know, and those are things that get criticized overall. Maybe maybe one day you'll release a, a director's cut. Yeah, I don't know if Sony will let me do that. <laughs> Come on, Sony. I know you're listening yeah. right now. Yeah. But uh, so where can people find your movies, the ones that are out for distribution currently? So you can anything of mine, you can go to scotchworthy.com. That's like a bottle of scotch and worthy like we are not worthy, but it's all one word. Scotchworthy. <laughs> That's just my go to way of explaining the name because it's such a weird name. And it, it um, totally ties back to Chicago, too, because <laughs> of Wayne's World. <laughs> we're not worthy. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. But uh, but you can go to scotchworthy.com and there's a store on the website and you can purchase anything from the store. If you're interested in picking up a copy of the rake, you know, it's not available for sale at the store because of Sony's restrictions with distribution. But you can email me and I can send you a copy of it um, for those who are interested. Otherwise, Rake and Skeletons in the Closet are available on Amazon Prime, free if you're a Prime member, which nowadays pretty much everybody is a Prime member. Right. Um, You can also watch The Rake on pretty much every other avenue of VOD except for Netflix. It's on Comcast On Demand. It's, um, you know, it's all over the place. Uh, Skeletons in the Closet is available um, on Popcorn Flicks. Uh, It's available on iTunes. Um, and then, you know, we still do some screenings and stuff with it. We're trying to, to hit some of the horror conventions with it. We just screened at Cincinnati's horror hound last weekend and, and had a really nice, uh, um, response from the crowd that was watching it. Yeah. We saw some pictures on uh, Facebook of you, uh, with some of our, our, our dear and near, like, uh, we love night of living podcasts. We saw some pictures oh, yeah. with them and hell yeah. yeah. I've, I've known them for a decade now. It's hard to believe. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they're, I was on their podcast 10 years ago promoting it's my party. And I'll die if I want to. Oh, and amazing. They said, wow. I don't remember if it was Freddie or Chizik or, or who it was, but one of them said that it is, it was in his opinion, hands down the best independent horror film that they'd watched on their show since day one that's amazing and that was such a nice compliment to get from from a podcast that i feel has has a great deal of respect in the oh totally oh yeah totally My goodness i mean they've been around for forever and uh they haven't and, and that's the thing about them is they've never given up you know yeah. what i mean like that i mean to be on the to be on the airwaves producing something for free essentially for a decade i mean it's what a, it's, <laughs> it's it's a lot of work that is for yeah, sure. I can imagine it's um you know it's its own beast like filmmaking um, or any art for that matter. Um, so yeah, so so you know it was great. We got to see a lot of people and stuff and showed the movie and had a good time and and then we're also obviously promoting High on the Hog because that's coming soon. Ooh, um, and so we're really excited about releasing awesome. that. Um, it's coming out in the next few months here. So uh, you know we're just trying to gear the audiences up for that because people have been waiting six years to see that movie. And you know, it's time. 
really excited about. Yeah, we're all really yeah, excited. About I believe it was a preview before my screening of Skeletons in the Closet. Yeah. 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 Okay. We, we were trying to show the trailer before that so that, you know, people would know that there's other stuff besides Skeletons coming from 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 us. Cool. So, Tony, we met you at Days of the Dead uh, in Chicago last November, and we we just heard that you were at Horror Hound. Um, and so we're wondering, do you have any conventions coming up soon? Uh, yeah, we we actually just booked our, our flights and hotel for the Days of the Dead in Las Vegas. Okay, fun. Um, we're trying to set up some screenings and stuff there. We're looking to potentially do Days of the Dead in Louisville as well. I am planning on and on at least making an appearance at Whorehound Indianapolis in September. We'll be there too. Um, cool. I'm. What else? Uh, I'm looking at doing Mad. I think it's uh, here. Hold on, two seconds. I'm looking at doing um, <laughs> Mad Monster Party in Arizona at oh, the that table. Fun. Crypticon in Kansas City in July, which is that they're apparently doing a screening of High in the Hog there for Sid's birthday. It's Sid's 80th birthday. Oh my gosh! Um, so I'm I'm going to definitely be there for that. Uh, flashback weekend in August in Chicago, and then there's a couple other ones that we're looking at doing. You know, later on in the year that I that's awesome. Yet, but well, next uh, time we run into you, we'll actually have time to you know grab a beer or something. Hell yeah! Sounds so. good to me. But I think that will pretty much wrap us up. We want to take some time to thank you, Tony, for uh, talking with us on a Saturday. I realize this is outside of working hours, so we really appreciate Point. it. Uh, and um, you can you know, rate us, review us on iTunes, check out Tony's stuff on Amazon, and then go to his website. What is that website again, Tony? Scotchworthy.com. Perfect. Check him out. Check out the rake and Skeletons in the Closet on Amazon Prime. That is the easiest way to go and watch those movies right now. Uh, and, and don't make forget, sure to review them yeah, because that's you. really important. And and not, and and not just review, but after you watch them, make sure to go out on Twitter, go out on Facebook, go out on Instagram, share the hell out of it. You know, t- tag Tony. Let people know that you watch an independent horror film and let them know what you thought about it and inspire other people to get into independent horror because that's how it happens, folks. Word of mouth. Get it out yeah, there. It's, it's all about supporting one another. And and find me on social media. I'm Tony Wash on Facebook. Uh, Scotchworthy Productions is on Facebook. And, Fantastic. And on Instagram, we're Scotchworthy. And uh, you can not only communicate with us that way, but also be uh, you know kept up to date with, with our our newer stuff that we've got going on and, and, you know, see cool behind the scenes photos and stuff from all these movies that we've been talking about. That's awesome. Well, Tony, thank you so much for again for being with us today. Listeners, as always, we love you to death. We will see you very soon with some more content this month. Um, and Andrew. Yeah. I think we should remind everyone else to get get slayed. slayed.